Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon.
You know, we never got called to labor and delivery for happy deliveries, for happy discharges, only for the devastating tragedies of loss. While I pretty much held it together when I was with those parents, I completely fell apart once I got to the cold, barren, heartless on-call room. The next day I knew I needed some one-on-one -on -one conversation with my supervisor, George Fischette. I remember asking him something like, do we only learn and grow through places of pain and suffering? Can't we learn and grow without that? And he smiled very, very kindly and said, not only in those places, but mostly. When we are in such pain, we get to choose whether we want to grow or whether we want to stay stuck and calcified. I have held fast to that all these years when I'm confronted with pain in my own life. Shall I listen to my pain as a teacher to listen to or to an enemy, as an enemy to fight and flee? Richard Rohr has this wonderful book called Falling Upward. He proposes that there are two halves of our lives, not completely chronological, but often. And in these two halves, we uh, have the first half of life, our, ta our task is to build a container, the rules, um, our identity. We set down what we intend to do and must do and what we can and can't do. Much like uh, parenting with a, with a two-year-old and a teenager, who have the same exact dynamics, by the way, um, how do we set boundaries in which they can be safe and learn? Um, but the task of the second half of life is to find the contents that the container is meant to hold and preserve and grow and love. That is, first, we need the rules and the limits to establish a self, an understanding, and a worldview. But next, we need to understand the rigidity of those rules and limits, that they will thwart the very reason why we need them in the first place. Usually, at some point in our lives, the set rules or expectations fail us, and we can fall into crisis. Often, Santa Claus is involved. For me, I think that's the first experience of that for a lot of us. And we are faced with a decision to hold a concept and or rigidly reject it. Or come to a more nuanced understanding of Santa Claus, an inclusive understanding of the spirit. In the first half of life, it might be that we think we are, if we just try hard enough, everything will work out. If we pray enough, God will always answer our prayers as we wish, even or even our assumption of how our life is going to play out. I mean, I was, first of all, I was not going to marry a clergy person. <laughs> I was not going to marry someone who didn't downhill ski, and I wasn't going to marry someone who didn't like cats. Well, my husband, the Reverend Roger Birchhausen, will never downhill ski, and he's allergic to cats. I had a plan, not how it worked out. So into each life, some rain must fall. And we are all going to have failures and disappointments and unimaginable heartbreak. 
And these moments will always be opportunities for personal and spiritual growth. Roar writes, life, if we are honest about it, is made up of many failings and fallings amidst all of our hopeful growing and achieving. So in a way, we do get pushed into these opportunities, like my supervisor said. When we were children, we thought like children. But those thoughts will eventually fall short and we are offered a new way to understand things. But we do not go alone territory. Like my supervisor George indicated and Roar writes, none of us go into our spiritual maturity completely of our own accord or by totally free choice. We are led by the mystery in all caps, which religious people rightly call grace. Roar says the way up is often through the way down down into loss and pain and suffering, confusion, sin, and even death, as in the death of Jesus. The loss and renewal pattern in mythology and scripture in our own lives is so universal, we can hardly think of a surprise. So sometime in my CBE residency, I developed a worst case scenario coping skill, and although weird, it still helps me today. What if the worst thing happens? What if my unborn child should die before birth? What if she should die of SIDS? What if that destroys my marriage? And what if I end up so poor that my own health suffers and I die? Well, then I go to be with God. Every worst case scenario I ever come up with ends up in death, and then I go to be my heart is calm, and I move through whatever I'm facing. Because at that moment, I realize that God is already with me. Through every case, in the midst of my suffering, in the center of my joy, in and yet beyond the container, I try to keep God in. Roar says, Every time God forgives us, God is saying that God's own rules do not matter as much as our relationship with God. Every time God forgives us. This is what the church in Galatia is being told in this morning's reading. It is being told to open your hearts and minds to a new way of being church. You thought there was only one way of being church, that, Jews, that folks had to be Jews before they could be Christians. But I'm telling you, those rules and those types of rules have all fallen away because all of us, every one of us, are children of God. There are no longer insiders or outsiders, loved or unloved, free or enslaved. We are all, every one, children of God and heirs of God's love and grace for which today brings me to two different places. First, Juneteenth. The celebration and recognition that human beings, my black sisters and brothers in te Texas, were still enslaved in Texas two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation and two months after the end of the Civil War in Virginia. But on 
on this day in Galveston, Texas, in 1865, slavery in the U.S. effectively ended. Well, not exactly, which you alluded to earlier today. Many enslaved people in Texas remained in slavery throughout that growing season, because they couldn't possibly do without. Many weren't freed until years afterwards, and still others were forced to move to countries where slavery was illegal. So we celebrate Juneteenth, but we also observe it, like other sober holidays. You see, there were those with power and control who could not adapt to this new truth of the humanity of all people, who could not see that their container or worldview was falling and failing in reality, to this day, many people and institutions cannot move beyond the dehumanization of the bodies and spirits of black and brown and all other Americans. A strong desire to stay in their thinking and acting where they were overwhelmed the call for them to a new vision of life and economy and wholeness. We celebrate the good today ponder the ungodly. Second, I think there's a message for us as a church. How will we be church moving forward? Perhaps much the same, but in a different space? But perhaps this moment might feel like a loss or a feeling, but it could become for us an opportunity to reimagine God's love and call. To help us get to the heart of our love of Jesus, and maybe beyond even this container that has held us this far, this long. We are no longer captive or imprisoned by this building, this location, or really even this manner of how we do worship. The fetters have fallen. The possibility for something deeper and truer, more faithful and beautiful, I think is waiting for us. I'm looking forward to this searching and imagining because even now, in this place, in this time, and in the future, in some other place, we are all children of God and heirs to God's promise. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L dot org. May God be with you in the coming week.